Take a trip on the canal if you want to have fun. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another episode of Acting Inspired with me, Lewis Goody. I'm being as quiet as I can because I am outside. Um, there's so much noise going on, I don't know why I'm trying to be quiet. The england Colombia game is on. I believe it's a draw currently. Um, anyway, I am outside the Bunker Theatre yet again, about to do my uh, post-show talk, the post-show talk rather, not my... Um, for section two the second post-show talk for section two um, so yes that's that's where I am at at the moment um, there's so much going on it's very distracting I don't know if my brain can handle this but I firstly want to apologize to myself um, no one no one complained um, but last week I did not publish a podcast um, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I've, I've, I'm not very good at planning, um, and I booked so much work to try and help me pay for, you know, the expenses of that I've spent so far going to Edinburgh, and um, and so I I booked myself as much work as possible, which is intense, um, and now I'm doing so much that I can barely I barely have a second to think about my show uh, which isn't great but also I have sort of in all honesty used it as an excuse not to think about <coughs> my show I think um, I basically haven't really put much thought into my show apart from doing a poster um, since I did it in Plymouth which was almost a month ago now I haven't booked any previews that I was supposed to do I haven't uh, I haven't worked on it I haven't booked a space to work on it I haven't you know sent out my press releases I haven't I've this is what I do this is what I need to clock and uh, this is just for myself really I guess um, maybe you know I, I think I think the reason I give myself such a, a tough time about it is that um, it's a scary thing to do it's kind of like basically what I want to say without sounding so harsh to myself is uh, if you can't take the heat get out of the kitchen is it that kind of situation like clearly I'm struggling with doing this kind of thing so it's it's posing these these questions in my mind like well should you be doing it at all and is anyone interested in seeing a show about someone who's scared to do a show and now I'm having those thoughts and that's freaking me out um, like have I just uh, am I just it's, it just seems self-indulgent and, and dumb all of a sudden for some reason And but I have to do it now because so you know I'm still doing it and I guess this is me if I didn't have the commitment of the venue and everything like that then maybe this is the point where I would sort of just let it fizzle out and die like I almost did with the podcast last week I'm really pissed off at myself because it's literally sorry I don't know what the sound quality is like I forgot my headphones by the way um, I just realised as I popped into the microphone 
um, I, I yeah I almost let that happen with the podcast last week uh, I'm pissed off at myself because it's the first week that I've missed you know I've bought I've put a, put a couple of late ones out but I haven't actually missed like a full week until now okay that is loud there are so many police vans around here <laughs> yay football um yeah so i i'm I'm in a weird place with it, but you know I have to do it and and I want to do it i i I feel like I am being you know i'm I'm acknowledging that this is normally where I kind of pussy out of this stuff um but luckily there's an anchor a financial anchor that that's kind of holding me in um and making me accountable i i'm i will suffer though through my sort of negligence um i guess if i it, i I don't, I don't know yet i'm not there but i feel like maybe you know these past few weeks i could have been putting more work into marketing my show and making it a thing so that then i wouldn't the 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 fact I wouldn't have to necessarily work so much to make that money back. I could make that money back from getting people in to see my show and making the show as good as possible. Um, I sort of shunned fundraising for some reason. Not shunned it. We're still doing We are fundraising. But I sort of, like, I'm struggling with, with the amount of different areas that you have to have your eye on. You know, in, in the romantic mind, a year before the festival, all I'm thinking about is doing a show and the content of the show. So when it actually comes, gets to it, and there's all sorts of other elements that you have to think about and, uh, you know, put your attention into... Um, I, that's where I've I've started to struggle, which is you know most of the process. Unfortunately, um, I I'm gonna sort it out and I'm gonna f- get through this. This is a good challenge for me. So forgive me for sounding kind of <laughs> like I'm on a bit of a downer. I feel like I'm on a bit of a downer, but uh, hopefully it is just you know a, a blip. Um, although maybe a long, a longer blip than I, I thought I would experience. Um, but yeah, I, I have less time now to do the work that I wanted to do, but I will do it. And when I go to Edinburgh or post Edinburgh, I will be doing like a breakdown of all the things that I struggled to keep my attention on. Um, so hopefully that can help anyone who's doing the same thing as me, um, also, here's a big thing that's just come into my mind, is I'm so scared, for some reason, I don't know why, to ask for help for anything. Um, I don't know how to... If I don't know how to do something, I just don't do it at the moment. Because of this... Not because I don't want to do it, but because of this fear of asking for help. And I don't know what the fear is. It's kind of irrational like I don't there's no reason for me to be scared to ask someone how to 
what format to put post it. I, I feel this need to like tackle everything on my own and if I can't do it then I just give up or don't bother. So uh Yeah, I I don't know, I, I need to I need to tackle that demon as well. But it, this is why I get so upset about it, is because I'm like thirty years old nearly now. And I'm still struggling with this stuff. I thought, you know, 10 years ago, I felt like this and I figured that I would get through it, but by just sort of carrying on as normal. Um, but I don't think I tackled any of my issues. I just kind of ignored them, put my head in the sand. And now I have so much that I need to sort out, so much clutter that I need to sort through that I'm, uh, that I'm struggling, man. I'm like struggling to stay afloat. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm struggling. But, you know, everyone fucking struggles. It's just a part of it. It's how you deal with it, I suppose, um, that's important. But I do feel like I'm more on top of things. I'm excited to go to Edinburgh. I'm excited to do my show again. So I, I do want to do it again, you know, like... Um, I fucked up by leaving it so long. Oh man! Yeah, I, 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 I sorry, I just saw some aggressive behaviour. Um, I don't know, guys. I, I need to pull my finger out, basically, and it's the same thing I've been saying for the last two years. Like, I, and now something actually needs to change. I need to. You know, I've had certain conversations with Kai about this, my girlfriend Kai, um, about, you know, I keep doing the, like, I have this fairly well-paid menial job that I can do, that I could have done, you know, enough to tide me over and work on my own shit at the same time. I was trying to get as much money as I can and so then I just end up doing that job for very long periods of time and not nothing changes um, I don't know if I'm I've struggled hardcore in London before and I'm scared of struggling again but then even oh, I don't know anyway so this is all getting a bit deep and dark and horrible so I don't mean it to uh, it's positive I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm giving myself deadlines now I'm I'm it's time to, like, say, okay, within a year now, this is where the podcast is going to be. Within a year, within six months, this is where my my career is going to be. This is where my show is going to be. Da 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 da. You know, um, rather than just kind of floating. I'm a floater. I'm a big ugly floater, just floating there, and it won't fucking flush and start moving down the pipes. <laughs> um. And I'm realizing that it's taken me so long, and I feel like I've done this podcast before. I've I've said these exact things before, so we'll see if it changes. I, you know, I got I have to. Uh, still, I see no changes. I got to do something. I got to do something. But uh, what time is it? Shit. Can you, I don't know if you probably can hear that chanting. It's got to do my post show talk in about 15 minutes. 
So I'll start prepping for that. I think I'm going to record that as well. So I'll put that out. Maybe I'll put that out with this episode um, as the show and my thoughts are happening at the same time. Um, I, 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 yeah. Um, there's not really much more to say. I, uh, I need to do the work now. I, I need to uh, also... You know, I'm I'm trying to balance too much, so I need to work out. I can't be missing. I'm so annoyed that I missed a week of the podcast. Uh, well, there's nothing I can do about it. So it's like giving up smoking and then like accidentally, or not accidentally, like having a cigarette one night. Well, something's happened. Who's winning? Who's won? Anyone? Um. Ah, uh, this is what I can say. So, um, if anyone is listening to this, please, I've just made a Facebook page for my show, I Can't Do This Edinburgh, at I Can't Do This Edinburgh, uh, all one long lowercase word, and uh, so I just did that, Um, so please like that page, I'll share it and stuff so you can see that, Um, please guys come to our fundraiser on the 9th of July at the Star of Kings feel like I keep blowing into the microphone. Please come to our fundraiser at the Star of Kings on the 9th of July, 7.30. Uh, we are doing a fundraiser for me, Issa and Dan's shows. We'll each be doing 10 minutes and there are loads of other acts doing 10 minutes each as well. we got magicians, we got cabaret, we got, I think, I believe, burlesque, comedy. Everything. It's a, the Hot Air Baboon Nights are bangers, so do come down, check it out and support us. If you can't come down, check out our Indiegogo page um, where we're trying to raise the funds uh, that we need to get our asses up to Edinburgh um, uh, so we can eat while we're there um, and stay alive, I guess. So, yeah, please try and help us out if you can. If you can't help us out financially, just give a little share to that thing, if possible, um, to the Indiegogo page, all of which I will be putting up on my Facebook page tomorrow. uh, Well, today, as you hear this podcast, it'll all be there. Um, So please do check it out. Share, like, like my new page, come to our fundraiser, give us some funds, or just share the fundraiser to some wealthy people who are into the arts. Um... So yeah, do that. Um, (laughs) uh, That is all. I will speak to you very, very soon. Big, massive love. Goodbye. And now, a post-show talk with Paper Creatures and Section 2. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Thank you very much for staying for this post-show talk of uh, Section 2. My name's Lewis Goody, I do a podcast, I've spoken to uh, John and Nathan a few times about Paper Creatures and the work that they do, Um, it's called Acting Inspired if you want to check it out. Uh, (laughs) So I got told off for waffling last time, so I'm going to get straight on with it, so first of all, um, if we could just go along the line and sort of say who we are and and our connection to this event, Uh, if we want to start there. I'm Kate, I'm Lizzie's sister, so I'm a support network for her really. Um, because she's one of the losing units. So. Yeah, I'm Liz Rotherham, um, I've got bipolar and obviously help with the uh, screen music. Great. I'm Pete, I'm a playwright. Um, I'm John, producer of Paper Creeks Theatre, and I'm Pete. I'm Alex, and I play Kate. Uh, and they all did a great job, obviously. I saw the play a couple of times. I think it's amazing. 
um, and such an eye-opener. So first of all, just uh, another big round of applause. For um, so I'll crack straight on and just sort of get straight into it with you, Peter, if you don't mind. Um, it seems like a fairly basic question, but where does the... Uh, all good? Yeah. Ah, cool. What's in England? Penalties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Penalties. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Peter, um, yeah. what, where does the inspiration come from for a play like this? Uh, what, what inspires you and, and sort of, uh, yeah, what inspires you to write something like Section 2? Uh, well, I think everything comes from a moment or an element of truth. Mm -hmm. And it did for me. I had a friend who was sectioned and... Um, uh, before that happened, I had no idea about what what sectioning was really. It was sort of there's a one fellow of the cookies nest joke, and it, it's sort of um, that's really the only kind of source material I felt there was of like what the fact that it existed, and then being thrust into this situation where oh it does exist, uh, and you find out about it. You know it it was, I mean for me as a writer it it. Um, I'm interested in what I don't know about and what confuses me. So I think that, you know, it, was, it inspired me to just want to explore it. And um, yeah, so it could, came from truth, but it came from digging for it as well, because even if you've been in it, you know, there's thousands of people, there's thousands of different situations that can all be different, more extreme, less extreme, whatever. So um, yeah, the, the fun creatively came from exploring different people's stories really yeah, yeah. and and for, for lots of people especially cam in the play it seems like one of the most confusing things in the world you know you, it, it's hard to yeah. pinpoint you know what it is and where it comes from and why it's happening so and i think you you explored it and, and let us explore it with you very well in your writing so well done and, and thank you cheers yeah yeah, um, I, I'd like to, to speak to you now, if, if, if I may. Um, as someone who um, has seen, someone who has experienced a loved one um, being sort of put into this sectioning thing, which I'm sure, before um, you were sectioned, did you know a lot about kind of what this was or anything at all? So it's a totally alien thing for you. I have no idea. So what was your experience of having someone so dear to you sort of section this this crazy word Complete that we hear. Shock. And I would say probably that shock lasted quite a few years. Yeah. Because um Liz, Liz was in and out of hospital quite a few times in, in the early stages and, and we didn't really know much about it. It wasn't really a massive support network. Yeah. So it was really, really hard to comprehend. Never even heard of bipolar before. Yeah. And I'd heard of the old expression of manic depression, but I'd never heard of bipolar. And how is that something that you sort of then learn and, and get to grips with? Is it yeah, but in the beginning, it was a bit sort of trying to sort of work out what the hell had happened. Yeah. Then slowly but surely, sort of, you know, finding things on Google, dare I say. Yeah. Um, a little bit of um, going into the hospital. Um, I have to say, going into the hospital, very much like you, it was for me in the beginning, it was like, why is Lizzie in here with all these people? Yeah. yeah what you know, and to think of her exactly like them. Yeah. Tough, big tough. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. So yeah. very, very confusing for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously. And, and so, yeah. playing uh, Kay, uh, Alex, sorry. Um, <laughs> it, do, what what was your sort of thought process? Because it when you first read it, and as the audience watching the play, it's it's 
easier, I think, maybe to, to uh, empathise with, with Cam um, and sort of... It does come later, but the, the struggle to sort of understand what you're going through or what, what you're going through, what you were playing going through. Um, so how did you find that and where did you start with your sort of preparation to play this role? Um, yeah, I think it was all... Kay is on the front foot of it, so she's, she's all the research I did was very kind of front end. So Google, it was as if what she would be doing. You know, yep. this From the work we did beforehand, it was Cam was uh, sectioned by the army, and so Kay would have just got a call and said, your boyfriend's been sectioned. It would have been, she would have had no say in it, and it would have just kind of happened. Um, so it was more about coming at it from that point of view, where, like you say, completely just shock and just not knowing as well, because it's not really talked about. Um, so researching into the facilities, researching into, um, there's a very strict kind of rigid uh, duty of care on who your nearest relative is, so who has the right to um, refuse treatment or, or appeal it or challenge it. Uh, it's a very strict kind of routine of that. So research was mainly kind of done through Google um, and looking at it that way as Kay would have done. Um, but yeah, it was, and I think actually, even doing my research, it was also very frustrating because there was not much there. Yeah. It's, it, it's very tucked away. It's very kind of nothing to be talked about, really. I mean, it could be better now, but um, it was all, I got quite frustrated almost in my research in doing it. I think Mind was um, a great resource, and they, have, uh, they really do help, but there's only so much they can say. And, and uh, yeah, that's kind of where it all came from. But yeah, yeah the, fr the frustration was there from the off, I think. Yeah. So it really yeah. kind of helped prepared it when we got into rehearsal. Absolutely, thank you. And, and obviously, you must have gone through the most frustration uh, you know, imaginable. I, I can't even begin to imagine what it must be like to be put into that situation. Um, if you don't mind, would you mind sort of explaining to us what was going through your head when, when you were told that you were going to be detained and sectioned? Um, what sort of, how was that experience for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been sectioned a number of times, but my first one was actually back in 2003. Um, I suffer mainly from psychotic episodes, so I completely had lost all irrationalisation. Um, I thought I had magical powers and I thought I could um, stop a train. And um, luckily for me, um, my boss spotted it and I was actually taken to hospital um, and actually sectioned at the time. I didn't know what was going on. I was put in front of a panel of doctors and they obviously diagnosed me with bipolar at the time but sectioning at the time it actually saved my life because because I'd lost my mind I would have actually jumped in front of a train because I thought I was going to be resurrected I'd, I'd lost it so I was actually remained in hospital for a month they did actually because I was in a state of euphoria and so high they ploughed me through with um, medication because they didn't know what else to do yeah. and unfortunately for me I went from state of euphoria down to a depression so I actually experienced a depression and left hospital on the 28th day in a depression. So went back to my family. And Do you think that's because of the medication? Then? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. So what are your, what's your opinion on that side of things, the, the, the meds and everything? Because it's something that is, is conflicted in our minds, even watching this play as well. It's like, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the, nurse is, is, the nurse sorry, is convinced that these are helping him but everyone else can see that it's put him into this sort of slower, uh, depressed state, I guess. Um, yeah. So w what's your opinion on, on that? I mean, I needed medication initially because I had to come down some way, but yeah. I've obviously been in hospital sus subsequent times. I mean, I've been in that hospital for the last 15 years, 
And unfortunately, um, I was sectioned two months ago, which was horrendous. I mean, it was a section 136. I don't know whether anyone knows about it, but you're put in a room on your own. How anyone can get better there. And obviously seeing you tonight, how you reacted, my partner did the same. I mean, he got me out of hospital because it was, it was awful. <laughs> but they seem to just want to medicate you without actually finding the reason about why you're why you're going how you are or what's happening yeah. um, and that they think that's the solution to everything and it's not yeah. and I wish they'd do more research and find out why I go psychotic or why that happens to me um, but they don't they just obviously just medicate you or restrain you and you know hold I, you down I guess that's one good thing about being able to see that story told on stage for, for people like yourself who've experienced it um, and even for people who, who don't know a lot about the, the uh, about sectioning and uh, what is involved in that, it's, it at least starts to open our mind to it so we can start thinking about it. Um, John, just to, to take it to a, a kind of producer point of view mm -hmm. for a moment, um, what, what is it that, because I, I spoke to you when you were first talking to Peter about when, mm -hmm. you, when this was merely an extract, I think, yes, right? Yeah. Um, so what is it about a piece of writing like this that that excites you in the way that it did at the time and, yeah. and, and want to pursue it and carry on with something like this? Yeah, what Nathan and I were really struck by from the get-go was the real reality of it all. It felt conversational, it felt truthful. Um, and hearing Pete's story through it, uh, we just went, well, these stories aren't told enough. Mental health is a massive talking point in the world at the moment, but sectioning still seems so Victorian in its approach. Um, just send someone away, and that's what it is. And they never went, when do you see them again? And actually looking at the process of it and how we can help. And I think instead of making this play, it's educational, as well as hopefully you've connected with the characters, but also we just hope it's a hopeful play. Um, we didn't want it to be in any way depressing or upsetting, but it can act, it just, it's an awareness thing. I think and that's what we do as theatre makers, is raise awareness. Charities raise awareness. Theatre can do the exact same thing. And I think we wanted to tell this specific story in, yeah, because it did educate and inform and hopefully it starts a conversation. One thing we've, the past six shows we've done, the conversations we're having out in that bar yeah. are just phenomenal. The money we've raised already for Mind is phenomenal. So we're, we're just hearing it from everyone's point of view and so many people know someone who's been sectioned. They've opened up, they open up to us when we talk about it, me and Nathan, they constantly say they know someone um, and it's great. It's a, we want it to be a positive thing, not a sad and upsetting thing. It's a hopeful play that's mm -hmm. uh, about people and how people can help each other family friends close people so that's where we came we want that's what we wanted from it and hopefully we've achieved that uh, i think so uh, personally that's yeah. my opinion um, can i just say something yeah please i must say considering you've not been in a mental hospital or anything or had this experience you've done an amazing job tonight and portraying what it's like and obviously from both sides being in um, a mental hospital and yourself like you know obviously dealing with someone with mental health i just think you've done a really good job well done, guys. Nice. <laughs> um, so we'll open it up to the audience now uh, and see if anyone has a question. Um, so go ahead, stick your hands up if you do. It always takes a couple of seconds. Come on, don't be shy. Yes. Uh, why do you think there is such a taboo in, you know, demonstrating such a realistic and, like you said, conversational aspect of mental health? Because only before this play, the only kind of mental health things I see were like Sarah Kane. Like, all like arty and really dramatic. Mm. Why do you think it's taken so long for there to be an actual realistic piece of 
real oh, sick. Isn't it? Yeah. I say fear mm. because it's really frightening. It's frightening to watch. It's frightening to be around. Yeah, I would say fear from my point of view, definitely. I think in a sense as well, the, Sarah Kane is an example. Um, brilliant. Uh, the the fear from that comes from something that you can't quite understand if you've not necessarily been landed in something really in it yourself but then I think in some ways the fear of the fact that it's so relatable and normal conversational makes the fear larger and to more people potentially because it is so possible um, yeah, I think the fear is the right answer. And yeah, I think ultimately what we said is positive, negative, whatever, the, the, the aim is to just have a conversation and have a chat and, and talk about it, which is this. And that's why as well, theatre we don't think should end when the curtain goes down. It should be talking point. And that's why the outreach element we did with this, with our three short films with Carl, Tom and Liz, they were just such a massive positive influence. And I think that's, that's when theatre and conversations can stem from and it just, yeah. Makes it work. Uh, any other questions? Yes. Um, just picking up on the point earlier about um, perhaps that there is a reluctance for uh, medical staff to get to the bottom of why people experience certain conditions rather than simply medicating them and sort of, you know, shoving them in a corner. Do you think that's partly a funding issue? Possibly, because um, I remember when I was back in 2003, I was really looked after. There was staff to talk to me and everything like that. And my recent um, episode, it was it was horrendous in there, absolutely horrendous. It was like World War Three. I wouldn't put even my worst enemy in the mental hospital. I, you, 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 staff were rushing around. They were so busy. There wasn't enough time to talk to you or anything like that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a concern. But, yeah, you're right, lack of funding, which... If I could go to the Prime Minister and sort of <laughs> say to them, do some, you know, invest some more money or do something, then I would go knock on their door. <laughs> <laughs> when we were, at, just picking up on that, when we were researching all these, like just researching facilities or whatever, there's an amazing variation of places. You'll have some places that are horrible and you'll have nothing. Then you have some places that are like resorts and they'll they offer classes and education and it's like does it's like you want to be checked in there. Do, yeah, do, yeah, do, yeah, do you yeah, know sure. what I mean? Like it's, it's Does that just depend where you are? I guess it's uh, yeah, it's a, a comes down to money in the area. And where there's a where there's a bed available, we found out as well through Carl that he was he lives yeah. he was in Canterbury and he had to go to Brighton because that was the nearest bed they could find for him, so that's where he went, far away from his family. Yeah, so friends. you're separated as well. Some families would only be able to see you on the weekends because they wouldn't be able to get the time off work. So they'd yeah. have to travel four hours on the weekend to go and see you, spend two days with what well, a few hours of, of the, the day with you and then travel four hours back and you'd do it all over again. Um, so you yeah, you are very isolated. It's very rare that you get a bed that is close to your your nearest hospital or your nearest unit, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, are there any other questions from the audience too? Yes, sir. Hi, um, I just wanted to say that so often you go to theatre and you just want to write down your problems and things like that. I didn't know what we were talking about, I had no idea. And um, this tactic really, really makes it worthwhile. You know, it's a big part of the nation. Uh, you know, literally, I think it would be waiting for the story to get shot. Thanks. Very, very Thank you. Yeah. 
I think that's a, a great note to, to end on. Yeah. Um, it, thank you again for joining us for this. I, I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to come watch a play and speak to us afterwards. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you for writing the play. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for producing it and you for portraying Kay very, very well. Um, thank you all for being here. Thank you. Gay and easy, whatever may come. Take a trip on the canal if you want to have fun.